I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. My guests today are Brittany Lee and Jessica Lease. Uh, they're just doing incredible things here in the town, namely for the senior citizens. If you hadn't heard, remember where that old crummy hotel used to be? Well, that place is down and up is the new standard, the new standard of living for the senior citizens. We get all into it in this podcast. It's really exciting. Uh, So the beginning of this episode is definitely very business oriented. And then at the end, We party with the chat pack. It's kind of like the mullet of podcasts. Business in the front, party in the rear, but nothing but a good time with these two people who are making it happen here in Hamilton. So without further ado, please welcome my friends, Jessica and Brittany. You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sidetells, and you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. I have to be honest with you, too. I messed up. I messed up before this podcast. We're actually making Pillars of Hamilton history right now. This is <laughs> this is the first time that my son has lost my notes. <laughs> so I have no notes with me. So I am just freestyling it as we go along. But you two are so awesome. I'm not scared. I ain't scared at all. We're yeah. not scared. No, we're not scary. We're ready. You guys uh, are taking on an immense task, a huge, almost, I'd like to say responsibility, um, something that I did not know was happening, but I met you, Brittany, at the uh, the Earth Day yes. thing that was going on here. Yep. And you began to explain to me what you were doing, and you blew me away, so I had to have you on this show. Before we get into it, I'd like to know about you two because, first of all, just in a nutshell, what are you guys doing? Let's let's just sum it up before we get into who you are. Okay. We are opening the next assisted living in Hamilton that offers a new approach financially for seniors. It's going to be um, your typical assisted living. So we'll be offering assistance with activities of daily living or your private routine medication management, nursing staff 24-7, three solid nutritious meals a day in di- in a dining room. So it's yeah, laundry, restaurant housekeeping, style. everything. Like you literally can just move in with your bed and your belongings and we take care of the rest. Yeah, you just summed it up really quickly, but <laughs> we have to get into the details because you drive down that road and you look at this, this area where this nasty hotel used to be, this motel <laughs> that I would never let any of my guests who are coming into town stay at. And suddenly it gets demolished and this beautiful facility is being built. I didn't know it was you guys. I didn't know what they were building, but I couldn't be happier with what is being built. So before we get into what it's all about, what the plans are, and uh, what people can expect, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) How the heck does this happen to two people to take on such a thing? I'd like to know, what what are your backgrounds? Uh, What did you do before this? 
Okay, so I am an x-ray technician by trade. Um, actually, we'll go way far back. So I started out in healthcare in two, 1999. Oh, so you've been in healthcare for a long yeah, time. Yeah, so I actually used to leave St. Joseph High School, and then I would go to Dr. Hong's office um, right off of Bellevue. So he was the town doctor in town, and he actually performed surgery at the Kessler Memorial Hospital before that closed down. So way back then, I went into healthcare. And then um, I guess I had a son young and I was like, I have to get a really good job. So what am I going to do? What am I going to be? So I was still, I was already had all the clinical stuff. So I went to x-ray school and then I um, did uh, x-ray technician work for Atlanticare. I actually opened the Atlanticare Urgent Care Centers. In what Atlanta made Care. you decide to do x-ray? Well, because I did nursing and I didn't like the aspect of having the same patient for 12 hours. I kind of wanted more of a transient patient, like kind of come in do the service, and then they went on their way because I felt like it was too much of it. It was a hard connection when you connect with people, but now here I am full circle. Now I'm coming back into seniors. So I'm like, <laughs> I really enjoy the heritage. I really enjoy I really enjoy older people. I like that what they've learned through life. And when I was younger then, I was just like, I just want to just, you know, just get in and get out. I don't want to, you know, I didn't want to think about like those, some of those poor people all night long through with the empathy. And the older I get, I'm Empathy is a word that you guys have dropped many times in the five minutes that we've been talking before this. Um, why is that? Do you guys, you guys really see the importance of empathy? Or? I do too, because it kind of goes full circle. So you start out like really young, needing kind of almost the same things that you need at the end of life, which is just like care and love and people around. Like I feel like seniors, especially like we're going to be able to provide an awesome environment where those seniors typically would probably be, especially in COVID sitting home, watching their TV, seeing that one caretaker that comes in and out once in a while. And like with our community, they're going to be engaged with all the people that live there. They're going to be engaged with the activities. They're going to be just engaged once we move from, you know, COVID to after COVID. But I feel like it just goes full circle. Like if you start out and you can empathize through the years now, because you see like some of these people just want, they just, they come in because they, they're lonely. They need socialization. Yeah. yeah. And connection. Yep. So I, like what, dovetailing off of what Brittany said, empathy is so important because we're all in this timeline of life. It's got a start and it's got an end. And at the beginning, it, it is very similar to the end because in the beginning, you're depending on everyone to help you do everything, to teach you, to show you the way, to love you, to guide you. At the end, you're depending on people to love you, to guide you, to show you the way. Isn't that the biggest difference too is when you are young, most of the time, not always, but most of the time, people are always going to help. They want to help. They're there to help guide you, your parents, your aunts, uncles, friends. But a lot of times, you don't get the same kind of care on the other end where uh, the older people are a lot of times forgotten about. Uh, do, you, do you guys see that happening? I see that a thousand percent. I feel like I see that all the time. We see it out in our, our regular lives, yep. our personal lives. Yeah. Sometimes we're we're guilty of it. Sometimes we don't check in enough right. with our grandparents, yep. our our elderly aunts and uncles. We're all guilty of it, and sometimes we do it out of fear of our own mortality. Mm-hmm. You don't oh. want to face the music. You don't want to think of your mom or your dad or your grandparent needing you in a way that you needed them right. as the younger person, yeah, like because the they're reverse. supposed to be the big person. They're yep. supposed to be the parent, the guider. The person that knows and Caretaker, can take care of to. everything. Yep. yep. But in the end, mm-hmm. the timeline of life, you're born, you age. It's so short. It comes together full circle. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So when you were doing x-rays, um, were you working with older people? Is that what made you decide? No, not even older people. I feel like I wanted to get back into the older people. So I actually had to take care of my grandmother when she had cancer. And so like everybody looked to me and my dad was the oldest son. So then I took care of her and I had such a sympathy for caretakers at that point. And I'm just like, you know, she was fortunate to have me. And during the process, she told me that all the time. And I was like the one that even stepped in for my dad. And I was like, you know, this is this is the end. Like, I know it's hard for you to realize that. But I had like between the medical background, some people say I'm not as empathetic because of the of, of my medical background. But I'm like, I'm real. Like, wait, wait, what, what does that mean? Why? Like, so because my you know, my dad would be like, you know, I don't want hospice to come. It was like a, it was like a faux pas. Like he didn't want, you know, the fact of her, you know, being and I was like, it's different. It's we're com- making her comfortable. Like the end is near. Why so, would he not want hospice because for selfishly? Her? He didn't want to let her go. And I've never oh. seen that in my father. And so that's how m- made me come full circle where I was like, wow, like, I had to like step in. I didn't want to see her go either. I mean, she, you know, she was a big pillar in my life. So I was, didn't want to see that, but I also didn't want to see her suffer. So, so for him, like, you think that it was like such a learning curve. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like um, at least I have the medical wherewithal to have this conversation with him because most time it's people, it's families. And then it's their it's strangers coming in at that point. You know, you're getting oh. like the, you're getting the nurses, you're getting the, you know, the medical beds and you're getting all that. And I just feel like, I don't know. That's what made me recircle back into senior care because I'm like, you know what? If there was a place that she, you know, we could have known she was being taken care of. I mean, good thing it wasn't a long process, but God forbid if it was a longer process, like it was like six, seven months. But I mean, some people, you know, can be sick for years and years and need that kind of care. So my that's true. What me, what me drew me back to the senior population was taking care of my grandma. Wow, my sister. Uh, she was thinking about being a, ho- a hospice nurse, hospice mm-hmm. worker, yep. and. She did her internship and that was it. She, I mean, she, my sister is one of the strongest people I know, but being in there and knowing it's the end and seeing the families cry and the children, you know, hugging their parents for the last time, she couldn't handle it. Wow. She, she was out after you that. See, like I looked forward to seeing the hospice people come in. Cause I was like, oh, they understand it. They get it. What, what exactly does a hospice person do? So they come in, they manage the medications at end of life. They make sure there's comfort measures in, in place. They make sure the caregivers that are there taken care of have all the supplies that they need. And support. Yeah, emotional and support, support. Emotional. Like they have, they have counseling services in hospice. Like for, I think it's like up to two years after. I don't want to misquote it because I'm not really a hospice person. But like they they provide counseling and everything different. Do, do they provide counseling for the family as well? Yes, yes. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's huge. Along the way. Yep. And All even after. Way. After. Yep. For the well. grief process. Yep. There would be cards coming months mm-hmm. after my grandma passed. Like, do you need anybody? Is there anybody we can send out? What? And know? that's a big part of our role mm-hmm. in the assisted living. Yep. But the it's it's the sad part, really. Yeah. But the the happy part is when they move in. And you do your initial assessment of their regular life at home. And then when they move in, they flourish. Yeah, and you it's, see them thriving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, so that's the great part. Wow, of it. all these things you're saying, I just want to like dive like right into what you guys are doing. But still, I need to find out about you, Jess. Um, <laughs> or is there anything else that, uh, you know, you did no, your x-ray? I, no, yeah, I did the x-ray and then I got into sales and then I was watching this company happen. And then I was like, I had to make the jump because I was like, oh, they're making it. They're making a difference with these three yes. buildings. Yeah. Yes. So that's what made me jump. Wow. What about you, Jess? 
So I'm Jess Capella. I have worked in senior living since I was 16. And I started. What? Yeah. So um, I actually, I've lived in Hamilton my whole life. Um, but for the majority of my career, I worked in Monmouth County for 10 years. I actually started my first job, not counting a custard stand or the bakery. I worked at Rick's Bakery. I filled the cream puffs when Ooh. I was maybe 13. Delicious. I got fired. <laughs> well, <laughs> what? I mean, How could you mess that mess up? up? The cream puffs. Did you eat all the cream puffs? I Maybe I did. <laughs> <laughs> She's pleading the fifth, people. <laughs> My sister worked there, and she didn't want me working with her. So she said, you can't work here anymore. Wow. So then I worked at a custard stand. But anyway, I digress. Um, I worked my first real job at the Heritage right here in Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, it was such an awesome experience. Uh, at that age, I had just lost my grandparents, which I was blessed to be able to spend a lot of time with growing up. We lived with them for a while, um, and it was like very a very intergenerational vibe where they, they were helping us, and we were helping them too. So if Graham wanted us to do... Her planting, because she couldn't bend over anymore, but she still wanted that garden to look A+, we were doing the planting. So it's, again, full circle, very intergenerational. Um, I help you, you help me. You think about, like, high school jobs. You do. You think about the custard stand. Like, uh, gosh. You don't think about assisted living. But, (laughs) like, I mean, what is the point of of that high school job besides making, you know, minimum wage? You also... You need to learn. You need to learn about life and the work environment. I can't think of a a better experience. It was an awesome experience. I learned so much working there. So in the beginning, I was working as um, the receptionist. And then I started dabbling here and there. I worked after after high school. I would go go there and work. And uh, there was a lot of freedom after after hours, like after five. The residents would go have dinner. Uh, I would deliver the mail to them, greet all of them. They all had their story. They all had a personality. And then some of the ladies would come over and ask if I would polish their nails because I'd work till about 7 or 8 p.m. And I would say, well, the phone's not really ringing at this time. So, sure, I'll polish your nails. They come on over. They must have loved you. It made the day, the shift go by quick. And to me, it was like being back at my grandparents' house. I mean, that's what we did for Graham. So, <laughs> we was painted there, her nails. Is, was there? <laughs> we gave her foot rubs and all that. So, I mean, I never gave the residents foot rubs at that time. But if they asked, I may have. Yeah. So we had a manicure hour, and then my boss said, why don't you just do the nails on a Saturday or a Sunday? So I said, sure, I'll have a manicure hour. And then I had a line of ladies waiting, and they all had their little gossiping, and then I added tea (laughs) to it, and... Before we know it, we we had our own little nail corner, and uh, they looked forward to it every week. And then after that, I I, I was considering um, to be an RN, uh, but I did uh, I was a, a CNA or a certified nurses aide in training for about all of two days, and I couldn't do that. That was that was very difficult. It was um, mm. uh, that's one of the most difficult jobs. And I, a shout out to all the people. Agreed that are doing that, especially now with everything at stake with the pandemic and showing up to the job to care for the people that depend on them so much because that is a very difficult job. I can imagine if you are an empathetic person like you guys, I just know with my students, like I care about them so much and what happens to them, uh, to be on the other end and to know that I'm caring for these people who at the same time are in pain, sick, maybe on their way out, 
That's got to be very hard. That's got to be like really emotional. It's got to be taxing to do that for eight hours a day. And you're probably oftentimes seeing people that you've developed amazing relationships with. You have to watch them pass eventually. Yeah. And it's, it's sad, but it's also, you can be that, you can be that ray of light at the funeral too. When I've gone to so many funerals for my seniors and it's, it, it gets easier over time and you get to be the person that brings the pictures too. You can give them to the family of all, all the times, the good laughs that you guys have had and, and let the family know how much of an impact their mom, dad, aunt, uncle, whoever it was had on you as just a staff member. The families really appreciate that to that in some way the legacy of this person's life lives on through the other residents that the, they were friends with, right. the team members that they inspired, mm-hmm. all of that. So um I wow. think there is there is joy in the end of life, even though it's sad. And, and I think living at new standard won't be that. That's not the majority of it. The majority right. of it is, is uh, moving them in from home where maybe they were struggling and then seeing them do that total 360 where their world goes from being very small, isolated and in their home, not able to drive to coming into new standard where there is book clubs, there's Bible study, there's outings, there's a little corner store there's three meals a day available where they can actually go to a restaurant style dining room and socialize with friends, start right new relationships. Yeah. I'm so moved by this. I know uh, one of the my one of the things I love about my job is that I get to find out, you know, the impact I made. And a lot of times parents come up to me and tell me, you know, you did this and, and it's made this kind of impact. And that feels really good. It's so cool that it's so similar what yes, you I was guys do. Say, it's actually so parallel. Like you don't think of it as like when they, people are sending their kids off to daycare, like they're scared. So we have these 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 um these people that are sending their parents to us to take care of them or their grandparents and ensuring that we're keeping them safe. So it's it's the it is so thing. similar. Could you do me a favor so and just many, keep so that many sucker? Years apart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just the same. so after I worked at the Heritage, so I could just tell you how I landed up with New Standard. Um, which is a wonderful company. I'm really happy and excited to open this building. I uh, I went to uh, I was going to ACCC while I was working at the Heritage. Um, obviously, graduated from uh, high school in Hamilton. I went to Rowan after that, and then I kind of just started exploring jobs. And something fell in my lap with uh, Sunrise Senior Living in Galloway. Were you looking to work with seniors at that point, or? I was not. I wanted to be a brand strategist and do marketing, but it really would have required me to move to maybe like a California, New York City, Philadelphia, an area like that. And this, you know, the student loans, they came a knocking. So (laughs) when I found a job, I took it right away and it felt natural because I had, I had been working at the Heritage. My resume was fantastic and I got the job. So I worked for Sunrise Senior Living for 10 years. What were you doing there? Um, I was a marketing assistant. So it was great. Oh. It was it was the career path, very entry level that I wanted. I was, I was, I was ready for it. Um, it certainly wasn't a job in the city, but it was a stepping stone in my mind at that point in life. After that, um, they were asking me, oh, you should, you should work, you should, you should apply for this promotion. Um, so I ended up doing that. I traveled all over the northeastern seaboard. I even worked in Florida for a few months. I've worked in Maryland for a few months. 
I had a wonderful experience with Sunrise. In fact, they um, paid for and let me go through the what's called a Certified Assisted Living Administrator course. I um, passed the state test, which... After all your... Uh, after all your experience with them, was that actually a helpful course or was it stuff that you already felt strong about? Um, I think I gathered the information, but it's more um, the the course and the state test is more a proficiency test to make sure you know what the state regulations are. Mm. So in order to run a building like ours, it's great to have um, a relationship with the residents and the family members. But at the end of the day, you do have to answer to the Department of Health. So you have to follow state. I know state. what that's like. Right. <laughs> I know right. all about with, it. <laughs> with, with Reed and Tuscaloosa and everything. You have state mandates. You have to have certain things and codes in place. And there's certain ways to handle certain situations. That's not marketing. <laughs> that's all operations. So I did cross over to what our industry calls the dark side. You're not in sales anymore. You're in operations. And um, I think I maxed out in sales. You know, I love, I, I liked the sales uh, but in operations, it's great because once they move in, I'm still carrying the torch. So I'm making sure everything that they need is delivered. All their- So everything I'm promising, she's going to be delivering. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At the building. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Brittany will go out into the general public and market more to different seniors and spread awareness about what we do. I know. I know you guys are all over the place making this thing happen. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the beginning. So what first brought your attention to it? How did you sign up? Were you guys the originators? I want to know how it all began. So it's a small group of owners, which is really different than what I think either Brittany or I are used to. We're used to a big corporate world. Um, it appealed to me because the owners, they do have a background in this. A few of them have skilled nursing backgrounds. They've owned a few skilled nursings in their previous lives. And some of them have worked for skilled nursings on VP levels um, or regional levels. So they came together. They invested their, what I, what I always say is their blood, sweat, and tears, and, and a lot of money, and they wanted to create something that was the new standard. And I, and I love the name of the company because what they're, what they're building is a new concept that brings assisted living to the table for more people than it typically does. They're making it affordable. So it's not a huge company. It's Brittany and I, we talk and have communications every day with the owners and there aren't any middle management players. Is that why, is that how you're able to make it so affordable? Exactly. Uh, You know, we're also, we don't have a grandiose marketing budget. It's a lot of grassroots efforts uh, that we'll put forward and Brittany and I are up to the task and we're willing to uh, make sure the consumer in the end and our residents get that that added value. And that's how we're able to make it a little more affordable. And we're able to also accommodate people that are using what's called the Medicaid program. So in essence, it really is a new standard or a new approach to a not so new concept. What was the standard before? <laughs> what is the standard? So now? I feel like the standard in assisted living was that you either had a lot of private pay funding or you went to a long term care, which really wasn't. Um, sometimes it wasn't. They were not only, an appropriate place, right? Like they would end up in places, you know, that were very high acuity, and the the reason they that would be there, able to accept Medicaid, right, or someone who didn't have 
money or assets to afford a nicer assisted living. Yeah. So typically assisted living in Jersey, I think the latest numbers from the Genworth website were what around six to eight thousand a month. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Oh, now, we're talking again. Brittany and I can say that, and we're not shocked because we've no. worked in it for so long. But six to eight thousand a month. Sam, you would be shocked if I'm I shocked told you right now. <laughs> I've it's even more. Shocking. I've written bills for in my previous worlds. I've written bills for thirteen thousand a month. If the person wanted the biggest, best apartment and they had needed the most care. So it can be very expensive when you get into assisted livings that, you know, are a very premium product. Mm -hmm. And there's something for everyone. But I think the market never had something like the new standard. And I I don't think it's um, anyone can anyone can live at the new standard, but it's enlightening and it's refreshing for us. Because we're not turning folks away who, you know, may have had a regular blue collar job. They want to leave their family with some type of legacy and an estate. And they have a a little nest egg and they need that care and it needs to be quality care and they deserve it. Um, And in the end, if someone does need to utilize Medicaid, we accept it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Wow. The six to 8,000. I mean, what is that going toward like obviously you're talking about the apartment the space to live in so it doesn't cost it we are we don't start at six to eight that i know we start i'm just a so lot under that so in assisted living in new jersey that would cover moderate to low level of care three meals a day not medication management that's extra mm-hmm. if you're moving to assisted living in jersey and again big swing uh, in cost, if you're thinking about like Cape May, Atlantic County versus Bergen, Morris County, the northern Jersey, obviously the closer you get to the city, it basically lives, mm. it, it, it's the same cost increases as real estate. Right. So yeah. if, you, if the real estate area that you're looking at is expensive, then the assisted living is going to be expensive. Right. So what's the actual area gonna look like it i know uh, before that hotel was such a black eye <laughs> at least in my opinion like i don't know I, it I was, was living there for a long time yeah. <laughs> yeah some shady characters in and out of there and all kinds of interesting stuff but it's like you guys knocked it down right was it no i feel like we never even knocked it down so that was the cool thing about new standard as well is that they took um three almost dilapidated hotels um in these different counties and made them new buildings still utilizing some of the bones so mm-hmm. i mean just really? the, yeah just what they were doing even not out of the senior realm but just looking at like old like how can we redo this and how can this building become something to service you know an older population and be renewed and it's you know i mean hamilton's so excited about our new building because that you know we're taking over a, a huge eyesore and making it really really beautiful and so far you can tell you look at it that. you drive by it you're like oh it looks like a fortress yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and our contractor and our owners did opt to keep the the bones of the structure mm-hmm. here yeah. in hamilton because it was fireproof it was built like a fortress and the walls were all tested and everything so it is really yeah there was one area where they did reinforce it a little bit more um with different footings and such 
the construction world. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's yeah, it was girl. it was a good it was a good bone structure, yeah. and yeah. we kept that. And then we we did uh, build out in front of it. Uh, just so covered that we over have, the pool. Is everybody asked? Yeah, everybody's like, are we not still having the pool? pool? And I'm like, no, we got rid of the pool. <laughs> that was we my next the question, the <laughs> no. pool. Yeah, no. And unfortunately for anyone out there who wants to move in for a pool, we're not going to have a swimming pool. <laughs> it's no longer there. Yeah. Let me tell you ever. something. Running a pool is a pain in the butt. You guys don't want to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what is the? what are they getting? What's inside the apartment? How many, do we call them apartments? Yeah, they're apartments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how many apartments are you guys building in that? So we're going to have, I think it's 174, we'll be licensed to house seven, 174 people. Yeah. And uh, will people be not living together? Or? So we have 10 Couples. apartments that are like, depending on the way the footprint was, the like end units, like they're going to be larger units. They're a little so. bit larger. So if, if, if you did have a spouse. Yeah, we'll be able to accommodate them. And they wanted to move in as partners, you could. Yeah. Um, but typically, and we, we don't build a lot of apartments that house two people simply because uh, usually it's a single uh, stereo, like, um, I was going to say word? 90% of the people yeah. are moving in because single. they lost a spouse or something. They're home alone. Those. They're feeling right. isolated. So right. do you guys already have like a bunch of people who have already signed we up? We do. Yeah. We have, uh, tw- to date, we have 21 um, people who are signed up and reserved to, to move into us. Mm-hmm. And we're engaging with them and making sure in the interim we're supporting them at home if need be. Wow, they, yeah. you guys are awesome. Yep. So yeah. making phone calls Let's to make sure Let's tell the story they don't- about the gentleman that I talked to the other day. So he's, um, I call him like, how are you doing? He's like, I keep falling in the driveway and my neighbors have to call for me. And he's like, yeah. I think I'm going to go work out at the gym. And I was like, well, what kind of insurance do you have? And he's telling me. And so I was like, but you can have physical therapy and occupational therapy. All covered under Medicare. You'll be able to get it (laughs) under your Medicare. And I was like, and the PT guy will work out with you like a personal trainer. And it's all covered under your health insurance. And And he he, didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. And so I gave that referral to one of the local PT guys in town. And they've connected. And the guy is going there and getting physical therapy because he's falling in his driveway. So he's going to have the potential to get hurt really badly and now this is something that's covered it's one-on-one it's personalized to make it so he's safer not only is it clinically supporting him it's socially supporting him so he has another outlet he has another medical clinician's eyes on him every single week and that's if he's only going once a week because sometimes you can get um outpatient therapy covered three or four times a week right i can't imagine how these people were feeling during quarantine uh, I know for myself personally, like I'm used to working with the kids, they, you know, they make you feel young and I'm constantly going, constantly doing stuff. And suddenly I'm at home every day, Groundhog Day, trying to <laughs> figure it out. What are we going to do today? Film Blueberry Kids, I guess. I don't know. And, you know, I just start, I don't know. I started to feel like old myself. Like I just started, yeah. my, my muscles were like tense. I don't know. My butt, just the my whole body. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, it, I'm just in my 30s. I'm in my late 30s. Like I could only imagine for someone who's like in their late 70s, early 80s, like, I feel like it really impacted the older community, even worse so than us. With And even before COVID, you had people that, that were, were isolated in their house. Just because they didn't have Deconditioning anybody. every day. Mm. I mean, their big marathon of the day was the walk from the recliner to the dining room. Right. And, <sighs> you know. Yeah. Or to try to prepare themselves something to eat. Yeah. You know. Or the struggle to go out and check the mailbox. Right. And it's almost like if it's in the bleak of winter. Right. 
You don't, what does that you don't like? even want mom, dad, or whoever your elderly person is going and navigating the steps in, in the winter. Right. You don't want someone doing that. No. And so I think assisted living is, you know, it came around in the 80s in the U.S., so it's not that old of a concept. No, that's new. It's kind of new, and every day we learn as mm. as professionals and providers how to make it better. And for the first time in my whole, what I don't how however many years it's been as a career, my ten years as a, as a real career. I mean, I wasn't just working the front desk and painting nails. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a quality, affordable approach like this one. Mm-hmm. Can I just talk about your energy right now? <laughs> can I talk about this energy? We love it. I can tell. Look, I have nothing against the person who works in the cubicle, if that's what makes them happy, or the person who just has to do the regular nine to five, punch in, punch out. But the energy, when when you guys are doing something that's so special, and not just special, but important, uh, these people are going to have their final days be immensely different than it would have been if you guys weren't taking on this task. I mean, how friggin' good do you guys feel right now? That We're you guys- happy when they move in. Yeah. Some people don't want to move in, but then they, they're, some people can, can move, they move in because their kids want them to, and they say, I wouldn't live here. I don't want to live here, just so you know. I'm not, do- <laughs> I'm not doing this on my own accord. They make right. it clear, huh? Thank you very well aware and then, of that. Some, other people not Summers so much. They're so yeah. excited. Summers so so excited. So, so excited. I agree. It's We're too, hanging it's, pictures. It's like in their the kid apartment. on the first day of preschool. It's like, are they going to scream and be a crazy person, I tell or are they going to go and they're going to wave and make? You know what I mean? So yeah. it like all goes back to like you know, are the parent? They're going to go out in the car in the car and cry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's that going to look like? But, so. but in know. the end, in I've the had end. the most stubborn seniors move in, and then a couple weeks later, a couple couple days. Sometimes two days go by when they get those three meals that were served to them restaurant style. They're, they're sitting warm. across. Wait, what the do you mean? Ta- what do you mean by that restaurant style? Dining room style. It's not like you're in a hospital. So do you leave? Do these people leave their apartment and go to, to a, a dining room? Yes. They don't have to, mm-hmm. which is great. It is preferred because really it's important to socialize. Yeah, to get out, yeah. move around. So it, if if they're used to having breakfast in bed and sleeping in, that's fine. We can accommodate that. Yep. That's totally fine. When they'll have their down, own we'll kitchen. Send somebody to come get them and bring each them down. apartment's going to have a refrigerator. Um, most residents request, and we provide a brand new microwave, and they can do little small things in their apartment. It's it's their home. We're just on the other side of their front door. Instead of nobody. So we're there 24-7, God forbid, if something were to happen. And we do check on them. Mm -hmm. Even if someone's very independent, if they're mentally independent and physically, meaning they're just moving in for 24-7 reassurance that someone is there waiting in the wings to help them, we're checking on them. I love what you said, that you are on the other side of that door as opposed to having no one on the other side of that door. That is so huge. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little more about this restaurant because it sounds pretty rad. (laughs) So So we'll offer three meals a day. Uh Uh-huh. Breakfast snacks. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have a bistro with snacks, but yeah. most people like to keep their own little snack snacks in their apartment. Yeah. Who's deciding the menu? Who's who's? Uh... We'll have a head chef. Um, we're currently interviewing for that position, and then we'll have cooks, line cooks underneath that person. So all your typical kitchen staff, line line cooks, uh, people that prepare. Dishwashers, do the, servers. Do the uh, do they get a choice of what they eat? Do they yes, order? They order off of a menu. So if 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 someone's used to eating a heavy meal at lunch, we'll have that option, or a sandwich, and then dinner. It's not going to be the same. It'll be something different. And soup. We'll always have soup, even in the summer, because we find that seniors really like soup, and it's a great way to build out the meal and make it a little more nutritious. Very cool. Special diets too. So, um, you know, in our world, it's, it is hospitality. And if, if you've never seen an assisted living or walked in one, uh, the best way that I can explain it to someone that's never been or been exposed to it is it's almost like a hotel um, and a nursing home, even though I hate that word. I was going to say, and clinical staff combined. I feel like it's more yeah. like a hotel. They, they had a baby. Why do you hate the, yeah. uh, the word nursing It's a little home. cold. I think it's faux pas. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a bad, especially now right. after COVID, I think it's got a really bad rap. But we will provide nursing support. Mm-hmm. So there's no way not to talk about it. And I shouldn't feel bad about saying the word nursing home because some people do need that level of care. It I, is stigmatized, though. So I, I it get is. that. It's, but it's, it's not going to be like that with you guys. It's not, but if someone did need need it they can and we will provide it the aesthetic will be very home-like but we we will provide nursing care Mm -hmm. so if someone you know we talked about hospice in the beginning which was like a very a very way to start off (laughs) (laughs) but the reality of it is is we're me you everyone in this world is going to reach that chapter Mm -hmm. and it's just how much you embrace it and make it out to be something more graceful and part of life and accept it Yes. That's the the end goal. So we will, we, we do, and we are right now forging hospice partnerships. So we will have hospice available to come into the building so they can, so someone doesn't have to end up moving to another community when they're at their most frail, they can stay there. Their family can be bedside with them and we can make that moment special. Yep. That's amazing. I'll never forget when I was a little kid going to the nursing home, I love my great grandfather. I still love him, obviously. And <clears throat> even as a little kid, I think I was about seven, I still remember going into that nursing home and thinking, like, this doesn't feel right. Like, this what doesn't. Do you think it felt more of like a hospital than it did like at home? Oh, gosh. It, it, to me, it felt almost scary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, everyone is, was just kind of on top of each other, whether they there was a, someone who had Alzheimer's, they'd be bumping into people. The nurses were, I, I, I guess it would be really, especially scary for a younger child. I yeah. Oh, like. It was terrifying for me, yeah. but I just, I never felt like my grandfather got any kind of like real support from people who cared. It definitely got, it gave me the feeling of like, okay, there's people who's work who are working here and they're, I guess, taking care of tasks that need to be done mm-hmm. but did i ever feel like on my great-grandfather's final days that he was receiving any happiness or or, or any love from anyone other than the people who were coming to visit him like not at all and i picked that up even as a little kid and as i got older then i realized like man i wish 
I wish there was something we could have done to make his final days better. Better. Enjoyable. It doesn't even sound like what you guys are doing is just better. It sounds like it would actually be enjoyable. It it sounds like it's it's the way people should spend their final days. Yeah. Yeah, In the comfort of their home, but with support. Mm Mm-hmm. With their pictures on the walls and the, their and a place lot of times looking the I way feel they like they look at it like they're taking the burden off the family then too. So the family then can come in and grieve. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's, it's, we're taking the task of caring for them where they physically. Can just, yeah, so we're, physically. we're, fit. so you're, if we're all going to be there one day and you, we hope that we're the ones your care team is the ones that are doing the care tasks and the work so the comfort measures, making sure someone's feeling clean and refreshed mm-hmm. while you can just hold your mom or dad's hand. That's right. so wonderful. Yeah. Oh, you can just but go if, and enjoy them. But if the them. family wants to do those yeah, parts, they, they can. can, do they, yep, can be, they can be right alongside yeah. of us. But typically I find yeah. in, in all my history, you know. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. You love this person so much to see them, you know, their bodies start to fall apart and, and have to deal with that. That's really hard. Um mm-hmm. Okay, so what else do they get there? So they get their dinner. So they dinners. get activities. So I feel like I wanted, to ask, yeah. I wanted to ask about activities. Yeah, I was going to say there's going to be like, oh, there's going to be activities pre planned. There's going to be calendars full of stuff that we're going to find that they're going to be like, what are we talking about here? To this day. I mean, so we'll bingo have is ex- like the thing. Yeah. Sometimes they say, you have too to much have. bingo is not <laughs> enough. Not Sometimes enough. Can, too much, not enough. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what they do all the time. We do not bingo again, but then they're like, well, I get like, them big cash prizes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're gonna have a really amazing right now we're looking for a awesome robust activities director um that's as excited as we are about the building mm-hmm. so and so we'll the have sky's outings, gonna be the limit. Yeah. restaurant outings um if if the residents we'll have resident council every month and that's where where we will meet with our residents to plan for the next month and find out what they want um, to see i mean what they, wait the, i, I want to go back to the activities guy yeah. where are you going to find this activities person we're we're gonna start recruiting. Does yeah. this guy exist or a gal? Yeah, I was gonna say we. Yeah, they definitely do. I, I've worked with very they do, passionate, yes. very passionate, high activities. energy, very ama- amazing. Like you, mm-hmm. they do proms. Like I mean, I mean, in my older years, like they did proms and everybody got dressed up and they came to the prom. And some people that were there were like, I never even went to my own prom or I never oh, got to dance. Or, my own or prom. you get to hear the story. Oh. Yes. Oh, yes, it's just like, yeah, it's like high school all over again. Like, and they we'll celebrate our get, veterans, yep. a lot of different things. Oh, and, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do a ton of activities, obviously, for the little ones, but uh, I'm not looking for a job. But <laughs> if I were to, like, think of stuff, like, could I just throw out ideas to you yeah, guys? Yeah, Uno, like, Rummy. I, I, I really um, like the intergenerational piece. Um, I think it, it teaches both the young and the old how to communicate. So whenever you're ready when we're open and if the kids want to come over on a little field trip we'll we'll make them we'll yeah. we'll give them a great experience yeah. oh, not we can one, play some songs yes yep. yeah we can do yeah. all of that so at, at new standard we'll have live entertainment monthly rummy um all the games that are typical typical of that age well yeah. my wheels are turning mm-hmm. so uh, i I've expect played, to hear um, some things from me so i've played competitive um brain games Sometimes we'll do battle of the sexes. So it'll be men versus women. 
and that tends to get the get the um, competitive oh, yeah. juices going. No matter what yeah. your age oh, yeah. is, boys yeah, yeah. versus girls, yeah, right. yep. the age old battle. Yeah. We've played. Um, we, I've played Wheel of Fortune, and you can play all these games with these seniors with something as simple as a, an Expo marker and a dry erase board. Yes. One of the most uh, one of the most exciting games that we played was Word and Word. And you've never heard of it? Like a word inside of a word? <laughs> so you take a really big, long word, and then t- you split the room up in two different teams. Some Sometimes if there was a lot that came, a lot of residents in the attendance, a lot of seniors came to, the, if it was popular, um, <laughs> we'd do three teams. And then um, you, they just yell the the words out, and we set a timer, and whoever, whichever team has the most words, wins. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's keeping your yes. your keeping cognition. Yeah. So and, and the competitiveness, people yes. like to compete. It's yep. fun. The main thing when when you think about living in assisted living and activities is keeping your brain and your body going, stimulated. So you need. You need brain games and you need physical exercise. Those are the two key, key things. And then I, I always say we, we It'll will have the rest of your day. Right. We'll have spiritual things, too. So if we'll have church outings or spiritual Bible club and things. But I, I tend to see the two things that make the big, big impact. Mm-hmm. Physical exercise, mental stimulation. Absolutely. I got two ideas and you can totally throw them out or take them and let me know. Two things. One is I host a mean game of Family Feud. Okay. So think about that. Like, I I got that one. And the other thing I was going to offer, and you don't have to say yes or no now. You can think about it literally on the table for whenever you decide. If you guys ever want to do a podcast for these people and if they would want to be interviewed and talk about their life. like oh, I think they would So we wanted that. to do that. We actually kind of flaked out with it because I tried to interact with the Historical Society from Hamilton. And unfortunately, due to COVID, they had lost a lot of their members as well as a lot of the people um, that were in there because I wanted to do like a storyline. So May is Older May, American yep. Month. And we were doing a raffle award for anyone who wanted to spotlight their loved one or, or themselves. Share their story. Someone who you know has has a lot of roots in town and has a wonderful story that we want to keep we want to we want to keep it alive and tell their story yeah so if anyone's out there anyone yeah we're listening now we'll still honor you even after older americans month um because everyone's got a story absolutely and if you guys wanted to do your own thing, you didn't need an extra host to come in, I'll, I'll show you the ropes. I'll teach you how to do it. Nope. Or I'll we want you, you to do it. I would love to put in my time free of charge. Just uh, It would be fun for me, honestly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yep. Cool. <laughs> so um, we do have to get to the chat pack before you guys get out of here. Okay. But is there anything else you would like to lay down and let the people know about what you're doing? No, I feel like the biggest thing is not everybody knows the resources that we offer. I've found that not everybody is aware of what we do. So just keep asking. Keep asking until you get the answers. Yeah, reach out to us. Yeah, call us. Yeah, okay. So if they want to reach out to you and and find out more, uh, they can call our community. It's um, they can call New Standard Senior Living in Hamilton. The number is 609 541 7718. Okay, and is there? <laughs> oh. Brittany and I have a competition. Who is going to be able to remember the phone number, right? Because <laughs> well, a lot of times, who remembers? I know Brittany. Brittany is so time. personal. <laughs> she gives her personal cell phone out, yeah. which is no. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> and I do too, because sometimes it's just easier, especially when, like, case in point, the gentleman that we 
we shared his story. Um, they need us yep. sometimes. I yeah. mean, I've been in situations where, and especially during COVID, I had uh, someone, Barbara, I won't say the last name, she needed groceries really bad. Her daughter was like two hours away yeah. and had her hands full with COVID. So yeah. I said, I'll get your groceries. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I won't come in. I'll leave them right on the step. You can keep them outside for a couple hours, spraying with Lysol, do what you got to do. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But we are vaccinated. That's another key thing. Um, you know, regardless of where you stand on the vaccination, it's something that we had to do. Absolutely. We, ha- we had to do it. So yeah. uh, we did it not for ourselves, but for our seniors. And, and we do ask that if you are thinking about moving into our very connubial environment, you do consider um, getting the vaccination. What does connubial mean? Togetherness. Oh, <laughs> I learned a word today. Like a community living environment. Yeah. I might have made that word up. <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm keeping it. I love it. Very cool. All right. It's time for the chat pack, which we are totally going away from everything we've been talking about. And I have a few very random questions. I'm going to let you pick the first one. You can pick the second one, but you both have to answer both questions. <laughs> okay. So, this is scary. Oh, she's going right for the middle. Oh. All right. Do you want me to read or you want to read? All right. Give read. you some time to think about it. I was going to say, I kind of wanted to read the first line. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Here we go. If you had a great voice and had the opportunity to record a duet with any singer living today, whom would you choose as your partner for the recording? Are you girls music fans? Oh, you can't tell her her answers. (laughs) I don't even know. Oh, come on, Brian. I love so many singers. What kind of music are you into? I like everything. Oh, I I think she would pick a country song. No, I do love country, but I initially went to Elvis Presley. (gasps) The king! No, I know it says living, but I will accept that He's still alive. His legacy will never die. Everyone knows Elvis is still alive. And that is why we are in senior living right Right. there. See what has happened right there? Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie, totally off topic, have you ever seen the movie Bubba Hope to Hotep? No. Bubba Hotep is about Elvis in a nursing home. Just oh. saying, this is very funny. Is it funny? Is it like satirical? Uh, dry. I like it. I yeah. wouldn't recommend it to anyone, though. Okay. So, but um, what song would you sing with him? Um, One of his early funkies or some Le- some Las I Vegas. I don't know. I really liked Elvis. All, 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 all of his yeah, stuff. Me too. But then I, I do. I love. I love country because I feel like I love. Like mm. I don't. They're really like personable songs. More country is like very like in lives and they tell a story. Well, so. Elvis sang in the ghetto, so yeah, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that choice. Yeah, Bravo. <laughs> and what about you, Jess? Oh, song. I have the same question. Yeah. Oh. So you were like, but you were like giving me the answer and not even thinking oh. of your own. Oh my gosh. See what um, just you're there? looking around. Well, Jimi Hendrix is right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who who would who would I want to do a duet with? Oh, this is corny, but I just would love to do a duet with <laughs> Barbara Streisand. Oh, no way! Are you kidding that me? That would be my mom's answer too. I would. I mean, I would. That's amazing. <laughs> I just like her. That's yeah, amazing. yeah. She's a she's a legend, right? Uh huh. Totally. That's why I went to Elvis because he's like such a legend. Yeah, Yo, and I might be totally off base, but didn't didn't the her group of didn't she what did, did she sing? Um, one of my favorite. Well, she sang she said she sings a, a Fleetwood Mac would be good too. Oh yeah, but that's who, a good one. That's like impossible. You can't keep up with <laughs> right, that. Right, no, no, please. you can't keep up with her. 
Um, no, but it's if you had that voice, if you had a good singing voice. So Barbara Streisand, she sung "The Wind Beneath My Wings." Oh, good. I choice. mean, God, that was the best song ever. Yeah, powerful song. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. or um, uh, Miss Otis. Who? Miss Otis. Who? That's Barbara Streisand. Oh, that's the yeah. song. Yeah, okay. I don't have to listen to it. Oh, we'll listen to it in oh, the car. I'll put it on for you. <laughs> okay. Let me know if it's good. Mm-hmm. All right. I will. All right. Good answers. It's the same family feud. Good answer. Good answer. All right. One more. Choose wisely. All right. All right. Here we go. Pick again. Okay. I'll edit that out. Yes! He wanted this one. Oh, no. Simple question, but perhaps complex. What is your biggest pet peeve? What is that thing that just irks you? Is it when someone cuts you off in traffic? I feel like because I'm so good at that. Like, I do, like, ice-breaking questions. So mine is matching (laughs) socks. Oh, like you don't like to oh, match man, my I gosh, match that tortures my soul. You don't socks. like you to mean match like them. someone else wearing ma- socks that don't match? No, me matching them when they come out of the laundry. Oh, you hate doing that. I hate doing that. That's one of the, and I don't hate anything, but that is like, it's so frustrating to That's me. Why I buy all the same socks. And when I get to the end of the basket, if there's like four that don't match, I have like this thing where I like, I'm like, maybe I'll find it in the next load. And then like the next <laughs> load happens. And then I'm like, oh God, I just have to throw it all away and just start again. Well, you are very particular like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't wear mismatched socks and I don't let the kids either because I know how that feels. I don't mind if that's, I'm rolling with it. I mean, if no one can see them, what does it matter? Yeah, that's true. On my other show that we just started, the Nostalgia Cafe, um, uh, my co-host, Karen, uh, I don't know if you know Karen Morrow, she, uh, she let me know that I should have not been wearing white socks with black shoes. So for all those people over like the last two decades who didn't tell me that, where were you, people? I'm now, I'm rocking black, black socks. Black with black pants. Yep. Yep. And I'm happy. I'm feeling stylish. Hmm. Uh, my pet peeve, I don't know. That's a tough one for me. That's you a- mean to tell me there's nothing that irks you? Maybe Brittany knows one about me. I don't know. Brittany. We no, haven't known each other that that long. I don't think you have one because she like lets a lot of things roll off. Really? Like, yeah. She's kind of just like, eh, whatever, uh, up and onward. Like, it's not really a thing. And I think she balances me out perfectly because I'm just like, oh my gosh. How do you do I'm that? I'm off this Why morning, Jess. I didn't unload my dishwasher while my my coffee was brewing. Socks ain't like, matching. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like very no, regimented. I'm like, I dropped like, the mug of coffee. Yeah, it's fine. It's on the floor. Yeah. She's like, what, what's the matter? <laughs> we'll we make another. 17 we'll, socks. We'll, it doesn't we'll, really We'll matter. make another pot 17. of coffee. Yeah. Nothing really gets You're her. It's too go- cool for a pet peeve, huh? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's cool. I just, I don't know. And to each their own. I don't care. No, I feel, if they right, want to so do something that bugs like- me, I'll just look the other way. Yeah. Right on. You and like people to follow through with tasks. So you're like, if you bring it up, like let's, if you get everybody like up and round oh, up to do yeah. something, you're oh, like, we found it. let's yeah. complete it. That would be your pet peeve. Yeah. I don't like people that, that like him haul or it's like, if it starts out as their idea and then you have to take the ball and finish it out. Look yeah. at that. She yeah. figured out your pet peeve in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Would you I mean, agree with that? Could I say basically everything my husband does? No, no. I don't want to throw Ryan. Just kidding. I'm oh, just Ryan. kidding. Man. I'm just kidding. No, he doesn't bother me. I, I, I honestly, I don't know what a pet, one of my biggest pet peeves is, and apologies to anyone who does this. I, I just, that's another reason why I don't really like saying what my pet peeve is, because some people might do this, and I don't want to offend anyone. 
But again, it, it doesn't really bother me unless it like endangers me. Right. Um, when the motorcycles, especially a motorcyclist, like, like a Harley driver, like the, you know, biker. like one of them, right. a biker, <laughs> one of them, one of them, Oh, I really get so my goat. <laughs> and I've spent so many hours. I probably spent a vast majority of my life in traffic on the Garden State Parkway because I worked in Monmouth County and lived in Hamilton for 10 years. Um, when they weave in and out of traffic. Okay. That's a good puppy. Like that's you're not, not even in not a lane. Safe. You're no, not, not even safe in a lane. at all. No. Not for them. Not for you. No. Like, not good for anyone. I literally have seen red one day, and I've saw them. Oh, well, I heard them first. Right, I heard them first because we're all at a dead stop. It's rush hour, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and I see them coming. Yeah, and I, I was, I envisioned it. It was like it was like a scene from a movie, where I just opened the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's so evil. Oh my god! I, I didn't. I didn't know this podcast would go there. But I think that's really illegal, and something bad could happen. I've been doored when I used to bike around New York City, but I was not rude. It was just taxis. You know, taxis are oh, rough like they did it by accident. Maybe. Oh Maybe. no! You think on purpose? Well, taxis and bikers didn't get along now, see, in New York City. So. In the city is way different than yeah. when you're on the Garden State Parkway. I've driven in the city so many times, and I. It, you you can only have it's if you're angry that angry that the bice the person on the bicycle is getting it's, ahead. It started like, off as a non-answer and now it's just gotten so intense. I know it's like a thesis. <laughs> <laughs> don't drive in the city then. Just don't be in the city. Yeah, because Agreed. people ride their bikes in the city so they can get through the traffic that you're a part of and you're making. Yes, Why right. don't you get out of your car and walk? Right. Because you can basically get everywhere in the city by walking or taking the damn subway and cut back on pollution. Right. So there you go. There we go. There you go. That's it. But she doesn't have any pet peeves. No. So. <laughs> Guys, before you get out of here, is there anyone you would like to give a shout out to? Shout out. I mean, I not anyone individual. But I think I want to thank the town of Hamilton. I feel yeah. like they've been very welcoming to very us. Very receptive. They, yes. Every time we would knock on a small business and we would say, can we do this here? They've been very like, let us know what we can do, how we can help advertise for you, yeah. how we can help you. So I feel like my shout out would be to the town of Hamilton. I love Everybody. the smallness of it. I love the, the knit how close-knit they are, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I'm happy well, that I they're think, welcoming and, and us. And Linda Cashan has... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She absolutely has been very... I mean, I think we're in her coffee shop all the time. Day. She is incredible. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're always using best. her space, mm-hmm. the outdoor space, too, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's she's been a real cheerleader for our She's for our so brand. supportive of all good things in Hamilton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. But everyone has been. I mean, yeah. Brittany and I kind of walked up and down Bellevue one day and just knocked on doors, and... Um, just wanted to say who we were and, and what and we were And they were generally building. interested. It wasn't like they were trying to get us to go away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were generally vested, invested in what we were saying and yeah. what we were offering, and they were happy. Yep. Well, what you're offering is amazing. I'm happy you're here, and I'm sure the whole town of Hamilton is. So thank you for what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Keep me updated. And don't forget about Family Feud. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jess and Brittany. Hey guys, it's me, Sam. I have two things to drop on you right now. First of all, do you want your kids to have the best summer ever? Of course you do. Well, there's only way you can provide that for them, and that is through 
an awesome summer camp experience. The swimming, the sports, the outdoor play, and being together with their best buds. Sign up for Camp Tuscaloosa is open right now, so get on that. Also, if you haven't heard by now, I have a new show with my friend named Dan Morrow. It's called The Nostalgia Cafe. We're interviewing celebrities and talking about all your favorite things from your childhood. It can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere you find your podcast. So check out The Nostalgia Cafe.